Welcome to the SAPTA podcast. I'm Amelia Sullivan. Change is difficult. Those words ring true for most, even those who consider themselves change agents. But change doesn't have to be negative or a struggle. And that's what we'll talk about today with our guest, physical therapist Stephanie Kuska. Stephanie is a board certified cardiovascular and pulmonary clinical specialist, and she currently practices in acute care, intensive care, and outpatient pulmonary rehab. She's also the director of the VA Ann Arbor Health System's Cardiovascular and Pulmonary Physical Therapy Residency Program. Welcome to the podcast, Stephanie. Yeah, thank you for having me. So for listeners, Stephanie wrote an APTA Perspectives blog post for us in early 2021, where she talked about all things related to change in the professional setting and her experience. You can find that article on APTA.org using the website search tool and we'll make sure the link is on the podcast episode page. Stephanie, before we jump into this conversation, I'd like to have you share a little bit of your story that you shared on the blog post and your experience as a change agent. Certainly, yeah. I, um, I had just written about um, just one of my more recent professional experiences with changing where I had worked and upon starting at this new organization, um, kind of just being thrown into a new program and introducing early mobility in the intensive care unit. And so as a new employee and not knowing anybody, finding myself um, maybe not in unfamiliar territory, but absolutely uncomfortable territory and how I could best implement a change in patient care and in a practice um, when I was just new to this institution myself. So I kind of covered um, just some broad ideas and thoughts and experiences that I had had in going through that process. That's great. So, um, and again, for listeners, if you want to read uh, Stephanie's blog posts, you can find it on APTA.org. Uh, but in your blog post, you shared a few tips to assist change agents in paving the way forward. And I'd like to go through this with you. But first, I want to ask, what was this your first experience acting as a change agent professionally? And is this role something you embrace or is it something you had to learn and adapt to? Yeah, and I think um, the easiest answer to that is it's not necessarily the first time I had acted as a change agent. It's the first time I think I really actually recognized that that's what I was. So other times, maybe when I had um, participated in programs and change in practice or a new work group, um, I, I jumped into them, but I was very much familiar or kind of um, had more, more set up with what was going on and I had maybe a group that I was working with or I had um, kind of more support in that area. Being new, when this happened to me this time, I very much felt like you are the agent, you are the person. Um, and there was some support, but, um, and being a little more um, advanced in my career as well, I had just about nine years of practice when I um, started this new program. And so kind of, I think being a little bit more versed in, um, what was actually happening, I, I actually, you know, definitely recognized that I was being a change agent and that was an opportunity that I had. Um, and I think it's something that um, honestly, I, I had to learn and adapt to. Like I said, it took me some time through practicing in my career to kind of recognize what a change agent was and how you could maybe be effective or going through that process. And it was absolutely a learning process. It's still a learning process. It's not easy. So I think that's a, a really important take home. Yeah. And like you mentioned, uh, again, in your blog post, uh, you know, a, your positive attitude was like, you know, a really crucial element of that. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that later. 
So let's go through the tips you outlined in your blog post. And, and first you say, as a change agent, you need to be patient. Um, so can you expand on that a little bit? Absolutely. Yeah, I think one of the main things when, um, and I, as a person, don't like change. I like routines. So it's very difficult for me even to kind of get comfortable with that. Um, and I think that was a really important recognition for myself was that um, I don't like change even as a person. So I have to be patient with myself. And then I have to be patient recognizing that um, if I, as one individual, can't or uh, having a hard time, you know, recognizing and adapting to things, then the group as a whole or the patients or the process is going to be so much more difficult to um, have each of those different moving parts be patient and recognize that this takes time because we're not just talking about one person. We're talking about um, in this particular situation or early mobility and the intensive care, we're talking about a whole treatment plan and nurses and respiratory therapists and physicians and nurse technicians and um, the patients themselves. And so there are so many moving parts that just, just recognizing that it, it's going to take a good amount of time and you have to just sign yourself up for that from day one. And that, that really was, um, is really important. So you don't get frustrated as easily, um, you know, with, with the process as it happens. And that's literally segueing into your next tip, which is that it's a lengthy process and, uh, you kind of just, it might be windy in its journey. Um, but, uh, you kind of have to embrace that. So can you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, and I think windy is, is absolutely like a really good word to, to use when identifying that, because especially over this all, you know, happened or it's continuing to happen over the last three years. So, you know, I had participated in work group meetings for a year of just how to gain, you know, nursing buy-in and what equipment we might need and what, how we should organize ourselves and when should we you know, do mobility rounds and had really gone through all those details for a year. And then COVID hit and we had a pandemic and it all changed. And um, it actually, you know, through the process of working in the ICU, you know, throughout COVID, it helped us gain a lot of momentum, but was again, very, very frustrating for me um, that I was like, this is what I was talking about. And now actually a pandemic finally make, kind of made it happen that they were like, hey, you know, we, we need to organize and we need to do it now. So it was um, then some up, uphills and downhills. And then, you know, even now kind of still evolving out of that um, and, and things have changed. And certainly early mobility was one of the main focuses that, um, that my hospital system kind of came out of, you know, some of the early onslaught with COVID and said, hey, that worked well. How do we keep that going? And that still continued to be a, a process. So I think, um, being flexible with that, that timetable, adapting to some of those needs and demands as they do change. You know, the nurses needed more of our help um, during the pandemic. And um, we had to kind of re-identify how we would do things and take precautions. And, and that's a whole separate topic in itself. But I think it really helped us gain a lot of momentum because we were there um, and, and we were present and we, we stayed, you know, to just work through that whole, whole thing. And so I think, um, it's been a, an evolution over the last three years, but it really helped um, develop my patients and, and uh, kind of just roll with everything as they, um, as they went through it the whole time. Yeah, it's like, what an unfortunate circumstance to, to you know, have these things come to fruition. Um, 
And that kind of, again, leads into your next uh, tip and your final tip about walking the walk. Um, and so, it, you know, using what you kind of just talked about, about being present and being willing to be part of this team, um, is that kind of what you were referring to? Or can you uh, talk about that a little bit? Yeah, and, and that's definitely what I was referring to. So I think, you know, um, and, and this is the most important point, in my opinion, to be perfectly honest, um, um, that and, and your attitude, you know, the attitude overall, but um, you know, I found that the only time that things actually worked well with mobility rounds and organizing who's getting the patient up first or what their maximum amount of mobility that they can achieve, the only time that worked well is when I was there. And it, and, and or where I had, you know, somebody who was representing um, in therapy. And I know that sounds um, you know, maybe like it's, it's somewhat person dependent, but I think, you know, seeing those small changes each day is because I came by and I, I checked on things. Hey, we talked about nursing moving this person yesterday. Did it happen? And how did it go? And good, you know, that positive then kind of feedback or reinforcement that, okay, good. It went well. Nobody dropped anybody. Everybody survived. You guys learned how to move people a little bit differently and or those times when, you know, maybe there was some apprehension and some nervousness, me being there at least initially from day one, you know, when we started the program to say, we can do that, let me show you how. We can move this, let me show you how. Um, and, you know, literally being a presence, so even, you know, the nurses know that they can approach me and, and generally, you know, like I said, we're, we're not spoon feeding anybody per se. There's sometimes where it's absolutely, you know, hey, we, we had a training on that, you know, why don't you ask somebody who was there, why don't you touch base with your nursing mobility champion, um, and they can be your resource. But there's other times where this is, you know, brand new, we have had a lot of new nurses even, and so this is brand new for them of what's the expectation and how do they do certain things. And so me being a resource, me being there and showing them that the lines are fine, we can move people anyways, we can get people walking in the hallway, it just takes, you know, a little bit of, of people to organize things. And so really just, I think the best way to, especially maybe as a, as a PT being more of an action oriented person, we can talk in a meeting at a table about what might need to happen. But until we actually get into the real world and we implement it and people can see it, um, it's, it's really just hard to visualize. So I think, you know, for this example specifically, it was me being there and setting that tone and setting that expectation, um, and checking on people and making sure things are happening. And it, it has to be, um, I also strongly believe I'm not gonna ask my fellow clinicians to do something that I can't do myself. Um, so putting myself in that environment and, and literally you know, having to train some of the, the therapists even who are less familiar with mobility in the ICU um, that you know, I'm not just gonna, oh yeah, do this, here it's on paper of how to move this. It's, um, it's literally, you know, knowing that I'm sweating next to them as we're, we're moving things and what have you. And they, um, I think they just really, they follow that a lot better. Um, and, and they know that I'm putting in the work too. And that really, really helps. And now for a quick break. Throughout 2021, we're hosting the APTA Centennial Lecture Series. Earn CEUs while exploring topics like clinical practice, payment, and practice management. Visit centennial.apta.org slash celebrate to learn more and register. And now let's return to the show. 
I can imagine that's somewhat uh, similar to patient care related to like goal setting or um, establishing trust and, and buy-in. Uh, these are all definitely things that we can touch on later if you'd like. Uh, but the next thing I kind of wanted to explore was the power of attitude and outlook, which again, you talked about in your blog post. So in your opinion, when it comes to making change happen, how crucial is it to be a positive force in the scenario? I, I think it's absolutely crucial. And I can say that because I've been, um, I've seen it and I've seen, you know, that aspect of then if you're walking the walk and then you know that people are watching you um, and I literally can see the attitude change depending on what attitude and tone that I set. So the days where I am frustrated, which it's going to happen, um, but the days where I'm frustrated, the days where I'm discouraged, the days where I, you know, check on things, hey, did you do this? Did you do that? And the answer is no, I didn't have time. And I maybe, you know, make a comment that's not encouraging, or I, you know, suggest that things aren't getting done. And, you know, I see that behavior change of then um, and, and again, it's not to say, I, I think I mentioned this um, in what I wrote is that, you know, real problems need real solutions. So, you know, there's things that aren't working well. It's not that we all have to just be positive about it. Oh, that didn't work. That's great. It's absolutely that, hey, that didn't work. I'm not happy about it. And that just means we need to find something different to do about it. But I think the overreaching theme is that we're still moving forward we still are, are going in. If I went in every day and was like, well, nobody does it anyways and nothing's gonna change and nothing's gonna matter, then they're not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna, like you mentioned, even inspiring change in my patients and having them kind of buy in. I'm not gonna have the nurses buy in. I'm not gonna convince physicians that, you know, the goal is the same. Um, and, and really, so it's each day, well, yeah, this is hard. I know it's hard, but this is what, you know, evidence supports. And this is how we know people get better. And so it's um, not being cheesy, happy about it, but really just every day with a focus that, you know, we're still moving forward. We've had some setbacks, but we have to continue to stay um, stay positive and, and just focused on the mission and the overarching um, plan. Um, because if you start acting negative, and again, I, I can help the ships, you know, sail, but I could also sink it really fast by having just some bad, you know, negative attitude about how things are progressing. And, um, and I've absolutely seen that affect a culture. And, um, and so just, just staying focused on that overall mission, I think makes a huge difference in the success of, of different programs and the success of the change you're trying to implement. Yeah. And it's almost too about like, if you're just like forcing change, like, so say you have a negative attitude and then you're like, you're going to do this. And you're kind of like being, just being bossy about it. Um, you know, you, I could only imagine if you were the one being, having that tone directed towards you, your motivations would probably not be that high, but, um, but yeah, so I do want to talk a little bit about how your actions as a change agent professionally and with other, you know, health, healthcare, um, teams, how that um, has impacted or improved or um, just in any way shaped your patient care, you as a PT with your patients? Um, <clears throat> I think, you know, to me, and I'm, I'm very much like a team-based person. So I think, you know, as a, a rehab team, you know, we work together. So whether that's 
PTs helping PTs, or PTAs helping, OTs helping. To me, it's very much a team approach. And that includes obviously then, you know, I, I work a lot in acute care. Um, and so then I have a nurse who I might need their help. And so I think when, you know, we have that collaborative approach, the patients see that and they know, and especially when patients are in the hospital and they have a lot of questions and they're confused and they're worried and they're stressed and it's, you know, asking different people. And so, you know, we can touch base with each other. And so, and work, like I said, professionally as a, an integrated team or the nurse and, you know, specifically with this situation where we're focusing on early mobility, the nurse isn't coming in and saying, oh, it's okay. They, you know, they said they're tired. They don't need to get up. They're supporting us and saying, hey, you know, I believe Stephanie, she's a, you know, she's working hard to help you get better, you know, and getting up and, and walking and moving will help you get there. And that we really are on the same page in that setting and we're, we're working together. Um, and I think that's, you know, to me being a change agent isn't that you're, you know, on the outside giving demands or dictating what has to happen. And, and that sometimes happens when we work in a professional setting. Oh, okay, here's this form you have to fill out. Here's this outcome measure you have to use. Here's these things you have to document, or now you have to check for this. It's, I'm an agent, I'm, I'm on the inside working in the between and kind of in the middle of everything to kind of evolve this process. I'm not from the outside dictating what needs to happen. Um, and so I think that's, that's a really, you know, different way to me of, of thinking of it is I'm part of it, I'm a cog in the wheel. And so each of those processes and each of those little players has to kind of work together. Yeah, that's an awesome way to think about it instead of just like a top-down approach. Um, okay, so I guess this is kind of along the same lines as that top-down, but thinking of those changed adverse people or, uh, but those people who uh, they believe in moving the profession forward and making positive influence in patients' lives, um, where do they start to take action? Um, and does change, in your opinion, always need to be a big gesture uh, to make an impact or can it be smaller stuff too? Yeah, I think, um, you know, to answer the first part of that is, is you know, how do we start taking action and, and moving things forward? Um, and I can just tell you like what happened for me is one, I, you know, I had colleagues in my career who, you know, who challenged me and I was like, I, I want to, um, I admire them. I want to be like them. I want to model the behavior that they have. And so, and I want to be, um, a better clinician, you know, I wanted to, to learn new things. So certainly modeling behavior, which again, goes back to kind of walking the walk. I saw things that I liked and um, how other clinicians were able to get their patients to be successful. And I was like, well, how do they do that? Okay, how do I be firm, but encouraging and, you know, ambitious, but safe. Um, and so modeling that, and then that unfortunately then turned into moving myself outside of my comfort zone of okay, if I want to be that, you know, that person, that clinician, I have to make myself uncomfortable. I have to do the things that I'm not good at. And I have to, and that involved, you know, a, a prior program where I, you know, kind of did the same thing. They made a new ICU and a new kind of step down and they put me there and said, Hey, you guys figure it out. And so that was, you know, drawing on past experiences of what worked. And it was really that I, we put the hard work in, you know, we found some nurse colleagues who thought the same way we worked together and we, I, I put in a lot of the hard work. So I think it's, um, you know, you just have to, to kind of get started. 
um, you have to make yourself present and available and you know maybe it starts by modeling that behavior after something or somebody else there's certainly a lot of really good um, examples of that uh, you know across the profession I think in, in no matter what setting you work of, of clinicians that you want to model that behavior um, and then I don't think change has to be a big gesture. You know, I think for me, this is talking about, you know, a, a program in a, a hospital setting, which certainly is a big entity, but it's, you know, one or it's two units in the hospital that we're just trying to evolve a practice in. I think, you know, you have to just allow for some failure, allow for some readjustments um, along the way. And, and I think it can just be something that, um, is those small things you do every day to then all of a sudden a year or two later realize you're someplace different than where you started. And that's that's really all it is, is it happens so gradually that, yeah, probably a year or so later, I'm like, oh, yes, we didn't do that that way before. And I guess those people did get that patient moving before I even got there. And it's it literally happens so subtly that, yeah, like I said, you're, you're far down the road before you realize that the change has even happened. It's not going to be big and abrupt, it's going to be the slow things that happen every day over a period of time. And do you feel like the work of being a change agent is continuous or is it something that, do you feel like, I mean, to your point just now, like eventually, you know, things will happen over time. They might not be an instantaneous thing, but do you feel like it's a continuous effort that it takes to be a change agent or are there times where you need to implement something and then take a back seat and kind of sit back. Um, so yeah, what do you think about that? And this is kind of a tricky question because I think it's like, you know, if we're talking about a specific program or a specific aspect of change, um, I hope that it's something that at some point you can say, okay, great, you know, that change was implemented and everything's going smoothly and it's done. I think the unfortunate thing, and especially in a healthcare profession, that research on best practice and using evidence is always changing. So, as you know, clinicians, I think, um, you know, I've always had to to learn and read and kind of study of, oh, well, now we're supposed to be doing this, and it's um, that's a good thing in order to, you know to keep up with all of that and, and to keep up with the evidence so that you know you're doing the best thing for your patients. Um, but there has to be a give and take. So I think, you know, I said for specific projects, um, specific aspects that you're trying to change, I think you have to allow some periods of kind of downtime where you're maybe not pushing as aggressively. You're kind of just, okay, well, it's going pretty good. Things are pretty calm. Let's just take the foot off the gas for a little bit and allow everybody to get settled. Um, but then there's always going to be maybe, you know, staff turnover where you have to kind of re-educate and, you know, push people a little bit more. So I think it, to me, it's kind of like a gas pedal where you're kind of maybe feathering it, you're kind of pushing forward at sometimes, or you're kind of taking your foot off the gas. And there absolutely are all other times where you need to take your foot off the gas and maybe sit back and either reevaluate what's not working well, or, which is super, super important, give yourself a break because that's the one thing I'll say is, is, you know, moving forward and being focused, knowing the best thing to do, trying to garner support for that, trying to change something that, you know, is, is in this situation with early mobility, hands-on practice is tiring. 
and, and maintaining that positive attitude about, okay, it's still a struggle, but it's still worth it. And we're still gonna move forward. Um, you're gonna get burned out. So just, you know, long sometimes to say, hey, it's been a rough week. We had, you know, some near misses. We had some, some I had some heated discussions, maybe some, some passionate discussions with some people who didn't see eye to eye. Um, take a break, you know, like I said, take your foot off the gas, reset um, to just make sure that you can take that breath and, um, and again, be professional and still be positive um, and not allow yourself to get discouraged by things that aren't going well. So it has to be a give and take and it has to be, um, you know, a time where you can sit back and, and either just breathe or reflect on what's not working maybe. So last question for you, uh, thinking of those newer PTs or PTAs uh, and even students, what's your advice for them to aim to eventually or immediately assume roles as change agents? Yeah, that's a hard question. Um, I know you kind of clued me in that it was it was coming, but I've I've really you know tried to come up. I think you know for me this has been such a process in my career over the last you know twelve plus years. I think the main thing, and I I tell I've told some of my residents this is you don't have to be in an official position of leadership in order to institute change. I think, um, you know, advocacy for, you know, the profession or for certain practice, um, you know, patterns or what have you um, is literally going to work every day and leading by example and doing those small things and advocating for your 8 a.m. patient and advocating for your 2 p.m. patient and, um, you know, getting things done. So I think, even that aspect of being a positive change is going in each day and using evidence and applying yourself. So it's not to say that it has to be a big program or a big effort, or, you know, I happen to be in a position of leadership where I am professionally right now. Um, but I've also been in, you know, not in a position of leadership and they threw me in a new unit and said, make it happen and do good things. Um, and, and I was a nobody at that time. I was just a staff physical therapist. So I think it's, you know, don't let a title or lack of experience um, maybe limit the potential that you have to, to implement change. I think it literally is, like I said, just making those small things or doing the small steps every single day. And then all of a sudden in a year or two years down the road, you'll realize you're someplace different than where you started and you know a lot um, about where you came from. I think that's the, the best thing I could probably say is I don't know how I got where I am now, um, but it was literally just choosing those small actions every single day. Um, and, and now I have a better way to describe it and define it, um, certainly, which is kind of why I stepped up to say, oh, yeah, I, I think I have some thoughts about being a change agent. But it, it happens so gradually over my years of practice that um, I think that's just what everybody needs to know is just do the small things every day and you'll find yourself in a different place years down the road. Stephanie, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's been a great experience. To read Stephanie's APTA Perspectives blog post, Walking the Walk of a Change Agent, visit APTA.org. You can find more APTA podcasts like this one on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify, or by visiting APTA.org slash podcasts. I'm Amelia Sullivan. Thanks for listening.